What's up, ladies and gentlemen? This is the global macroeconomic update episode of the Action Academy podcast. It has taken me a little bit of time to consume content, to read news sources, to see differing opinions on either side of the aisle, to finally be able to talk about what's going on with Silicon Valley Bank and the United States and global banking system as a whole. So the macroeconomic environment. And I really wanted to dive deep before I made this episode because there's really two levels of understanding on any topic or subject. And that is first, the level of understanding to where you just are regurgitating data. And that's what I feel a lot of podcasts have been doing lately, where it's just grabbing different clickbait headlines and piecing them together into this Frankenstein's monster of episodes. And I didn't want to do that. I didn't understand what was going on. And that's the second level of understanding is where you understand something enough to where you could explain it to a fifth grader. So I feel now after about a week and a half of research, we've got enough of an understanding to explain the situation to you guys and then talk about what are best practices and best steps moving forward. So for those of you that have no idea what's been going on in the macroeconomic environment, Silicon Valley Bank has gone under. It has failed. Um, This is the second largest bank failure in U.S. history, second to Washington Mutual. So WAMU failed in 2008 for $300 billion in assets, and SVB was $212 billion in Q4 of 2022. Silicon Valley Bank was the go-to bank for venture capitalists and these tech and media companies over in California. So they were the spot, the white glove service, where Peter Thiel and all of his VC friends were investing hundreds of billions of dollars. So before we talk about the collapse, let's talk about the macro economy in general so that you guys can understand what happened that forced the banks into the situation that they are today. Long story short, you have the central bank. The central bank will buy assets to encourage free trade. So whenever the central bank has a lot of assets on this balance sheet, that is encouraging the flow of money in the economy. Whenever they sell assets from their balance sheet, that's when they are trying to tighten up the flow of money. They want to make it more difficult to borrow and use money. So since the previous financial crisis, the central bank has 10x their balance sheet into the trillions and trillions of dollars, which has allowed for the free trade of capital. They have been pumping money into the system as much as humanly possible. We all know this, which caused what? Inflation. Inflation tends to benefit the top 50% and completely destroy the bottom 50% of the population. So the top 50% got richer than ever, and the bottom 50% were suffering. So U.S. government steps in after COVID and says, hey, we're going to inject all this money into the system. We're going to buy all these assets, pad our balance sheet. Here you go. Here's all this money. Here's 0% interest rates. Have fun. We've got you. And we all knew that at some point, somebody had to write the check and cash it after this happened. And it would cause some force and friction that would cause a puncture or a break somewhere. It's just nobody had any idea of where it would actually show up first before the dominoes started falling. So during this influx of money in spending, the Fed had 0% interest rates, which were the lowest in recent recorded history. And everything was flowing. Everything was stimulated especially in VC land. So in tech, in Silicon Valley, all these VCs had access to the cheapest capital possible, and they were able to go take really favorable loans out of this one specific bank, Silicon Valley Bank. They were the, once again, white glove service that was giving all of the best rates to these Silicon Valley tech investors. Now, I've read the news sources all across the aisle 
uh, from both sides. And there are some that are blaming the tech investors. There's some that are blaming all these investors and Peter Thiel for all the money that they were dumping into the bank. And they're blaming the depositors. I don't think that that's the case. So what actually happened was Silicon Valley has this $122 billion influx of money, right? So when you have that influx of money, a bank's job is to make money on the money that comes in. And obviously, they did not want to lose any money. They wanted to make a very conservative play. So what did they do? They bought 10-year treasuries, uh, mortgage-backed securities that were yielding 1.5%. Now, keep in mind, a regular treasury for you and me to buy are maybe six-month, nine-month, 12-month. And a treasury is you give the U.S. government this money until this specific agreed-upon date, and then they pay you your money plus interest at that agreed-upon date. So right now, U.S. treasuries for us as consumers are a fantastic investment. You can yield 5 or 6% on like a six-month, nine-month, 12-month treasury. It's a fantastic investment. So what does that mean for Silicon Valley Bank? On paper, they made the most conservative play they could possibly make in a 0% interest rate environment. They said, okay, 1.5% isn't great, but this is the safest play that we can make over a 10-year time frame that will keep our investors' capital safe. So the bank makes this move. They feel good about it. Then what happens? The U.S. government says, whoa, 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 whoa. Inflation is going crazy. Where did this come from, man? We had no idea this was going to happen. We need to sell all of our assets and tighten this financial system back up, jack up these interest rates so that people stop spending money and we get the consumer prices down because the bottom 50% of the population are hurting. We need to get them their prices down. Real estate's going crazy. All these consumer goods are going crazy. Let's bring it down. Let's tighten the money supply. So they raised interest rates to 4 and 4.5% as opposed to 0% for the Fed. So now circle back to the $88 billion that SVB just spent, right? Now you can yield 4.5% on a very safe treasury, whereas they're locked into a 10-year 1.5%. So now the value of their bonds and their treasuries that they've bought has gone down 20%. Here's the kicker. They don't have to report this because the banks have favorable accounting systems that we don't have access to. So if we were to go get a loan against a stock that we bought for $100 and it goes down to $60, the bank would say, hey, this is worth $60. This isn't worth what you paid for it, which was $100. And then they would loan against the $60. And that's sometimes where people get margin called um, in the stock market when they're trading on leverage, right? How banks can do it is they don't have to report the present day value. They can report the value that they had the asset bought at. So SVB was able to report on their balance sheet the value that they bought the asset at when it was the 1.5%. They don't have to show a loss. So it was called an unrealized loss. So this normally wouldn't be a problem because the bank would simply wait the 10 years, uh, recapture the money, get the gains, right? Here's what happened next. The only possible way that this wouldn't work is if there was a bank run and all of a sudden everyone wants their money back. And that's exactly what happened. So there was like $44 billion that got drained within 24 hours from Silicon Valley Bank through a bank run. And they had to fire sell these bonds at a loss and now realize the loss, which now caused them to go billions in the red. The bank goes under and it gets taken over by the U.S. government. So the U.S. government has essentially stepped in. They had a Zoom call on the Sunday after it happened and said, we are going to make good 
all the depositors of Silicon Valley Bank, but basically anyone that holds stock in the bank or anybody that is in a leadership position, you guys are screwed. You lost all your money. So that has been what happened. And now we are seeing kind of the same domino effect happening at other banks. Uh, Credit Suisse, which was one of the largest institutional banks in the entire world, just got bought by another major bank. So this is happening like dominoes over and over again all across the world right now. So that is an update on what happened. The U.S. government's stance on all of this is they want to make sure that all the depositors are taken care of so that the general public does not become fearful and therefore cause more bank runs because then we'd have a massive liquidity crisis and everything goes down. So that's what the U.S. government is making sure that all of the VCs are whole from Silicon Valley Bank. And that's what we're going to see in the foreseeable future. When it comes to what to do next, I will default to smarter people than me. So I will be having some guests on the podcast for that specific question. I'm going to bring on some big bank guys. I'm going to bring on some alternative investment guys. And we will come up with a game plan to share to all of you for free to help you in this environment. But at the end of the day, guys, remember the wise words from Mr. Warren Buffett. Be fearful when others are greedy and greedy when others are fearful. Right now, we're about to see a whole lot of fear. So it's time, ladies and gentlemen. It is time. If you enjoyed this episode and you think I did a decent enough job of explaining it to a fifth grader to where they would understand, please share this episode with at least one person that you know that would like this information and subscribe to the show if you don't already. Thanks, guys. I'll talk to you tomorrow.